Hi, I'm Ashley, the host of Taboo and Murder. Today I'm covering the Norse Berserker. As a psychology major for one semester, I'm fascinated by the idea that a collective consciousness could make people go berserk, which leads me to the first of many disclaimers. There is a lot of conflicting information on this topic, so don't go quoting Taboo and Murder in your thesis. Berserker, berserkers, or berserks were champion Norse warriors who are primarily reported in Icelandic sagas to have fought in a trance-like fury, a characteristic which later gave rise to the English word berserk. Berserkers are attested to in numerous Old Norse sources, as were the Ulfenvar, which means wolf coats. Sidebar. I listen to a lot of podcasts, I know, way to brag, and every single person mispronounces words. It happens, and it would appear that most are self-conscious and get reminded regularly on Twitter about their linguistic failings. I'm fortunate that no one listens to me, so I don't have to take flack, but I am still self-conscious. Not enough to go back and edit shit. I'm human. It will continue to happen. And this ends breaking the taboo, potato, potato edition. Okay, so there's basically two schools of thought on this. Going berserk is something that could happen to a population under the right set of circumstances, including but not limited to groupthink, emergence of collective memories, triggers from the moon, or even just a certain time of year. An often cited example Something innocuous like men building a barn, just going berserk. They just start killing, literally ripping men apart, and for no apparent reason. The second school of thought is that berserk is a way of mind, like Jay-Z. It's something that can be taught, honed, and trained. There are several accounts, particularly in Scandinavian history, that reference the berserkers being held back and then deployed when the enemy has been weakened. With all of this being over a thousand years ago, documentation isn't the most reliable, nor is it plentiful, but it is well documented that liquid courage made an appearance in battle. Fueled by a shit ton of booze, the Viking berserkers would wait until the enemy had been weakened, and then they'd attack and kill everything in sight. In addition to alcohol, some would throw in some hallucinogens like mushrooms for funsies. I've never tried mushrooms, but from what I've heard, I don't know that I'd want to be on a trip when my life was literally on the line. I think the Japanese were onto it with the meth. I'm just a boring run-of-the-mill pot smoker. I haven't tried anything else to know, but it really feels like a bad idea to do molly or shrooms before going to war, but different times, right? A more modern take on going berserk. Today we call this behavior blind rage syndrome, which sounds like me once a month, but um, right husband? Just kidding. He doesn't listen to this. Anyway, enough about my hormones. Blind rage syndrome actually makes it into the DSM-5 under the category of disruptive impulsive control and conduct disorders. The DSM defines, um, well, the DSM-5, rather, defines intermittent explosive disorder as recurrent behavioral outbursts representing a failure to control aggressive impulses, says the American Psychiatric Association in 2013. Intermittent explosive disorder, which can be diagnosed in children as young as six. 
wow, is characterized by a wide variety of aggressive outbursts. Intermittent explosive disorder is extremely common as more than half of youth and young adults have experienced at least one angry outburst. Well, yeah. Okay. Still, certain populations, such as those who have served in combat, those who have experienced trauma, and morbidly obese adults are at increased risk. Intermittent explosive disorder is important to address because a pattern of aggressive behavior can lead to a host of relational and occupational problems. Although many patients resist intervention, cognitive behavioral therapy is an effective treatment for managing anger and learning positive coping skills. I think we could all use some positive coping skills being a couple uh, just days out from election. Am I right? All right. Intermittent explosive disorder is considered to be in remission when only one or two symptoms of the disorder persist. Some of those symptoms in the disorder are characterized by impulse and aggressive outbursts. These outbursts can be in the form of verbal tirades or physical aggression. These outbursts are impulsive, not premeditated, and extremely difficult to predict. Additionally, the outbursts happen without trigger or are not proportionate to the preceding trigger or stressor. To qualify for diagnosis, outbursts must occur about twice a week for at least three months. Okay, that makes sense, that qualifier there, because otherwise it was just kind of sounding like some people that use steroids. Steroids. Sorry for the technical difficulty. One account, as always, sources will be linked on the episode on Twitter. Berserkers is a culture-bound condition historically affecting Norsemen. The condition manifested itself among males only as an intense fury and rage, also known as Berserkers Gang, i.e. going berserk, and mostly occurred in battle situations, but could also occur when they were engaged in labor-intensive work. Dating back as far as the 9th century, the Berserker Norse warriors were alleged to be able to perform almost seemingly impossible superhuman feats of strength. Nowadays, the word berserker refers to anyone that fearlessly fights with a disregard to their own lives. Similar conditions have been noted in other cultures. For instance, the Irishman Colin's Hound was recorded as displaying battle frenzy and foaming at the mouth akin to berserkers in texts such as the Tain. The melee phenomenon of running amok, i.e. running mad with rage, also appears to bear a close resemblance to berserkers. Those with berserkers were also said to experience a set of symptoms prior to the rage. An example, in the beginning, it would start with shivering and chattering of their teeth, followed by a swelling and changing of the color of their face as they literally became hot-headed. The final stage was full-blown rage and fury accompanied by noisy grunts and howls. They would then just indiscriminately injure, maim, and kill anything in their path. This would be followed by one or two days of feebleness along with the dulling of the mind. The condition of berserker gang was described in the 13th century by Icelandic poet Sonori Strulson. 
Odin's men rushed forward toward without armor, where as mad as dogs or wolves bit their shields and were strong as bears or wild oxen and killed people at a blow, but neither fire nor iron told upon them. This was called Berserker's Gang. The ravenous self-induced rage before battle commenced enabled the Norsemen to indiscriminately loot, plunder, and kill. A recent book about the Vikings claimed that some battle chiefs held their berserkers in reserve during a battle. The berserkers were only sent into fight if one section began to weaken. An article on berserkers in the Journal of World History by Dr. Spidel noted that Norse berserkers were very effective killers, but could not stop killing at will. Apparently, the berserker state was only turned off once all members of the opposition were dead. In 2004, the encyclopedia entry on shamanism claimed that berserker is a regional form of present-day shamanism that utilizes archaic Nordic techniques, particularly the ability to go into a trance-like state. Is that like what Sting does when he has sex? I don't know. Tantra. Tantric. That's what that is. Various theories about the causes of the condition have been speculated. Some have alleged that psychoactive drugs such as hallucinogenic mushrooms or copious alcohol drinking were used. Some botanists claim that berserker behavior can be caused by the ingestion of the plant bog myrtle, one of the main species in Scandinavian alcoholic beverages. Other theories speculate either pre-existing genetic and or medical conditions or pre-existing psychological disorders such as mental illness, manic depression, such as bipolar disorder, or epilepsy. Some have even speculated that the theory may just be a consequence of post-traumatic stress. For instance, clinical psychiatrists Dr. Jonathan Shea wrote in his 1994 book, Achilles in Vietnam. If a soldier survives the berserk state, it impacts emotional deadness and vulnerability to explosive rage to his psychology and permanent hyperarousal to his physiology, hallmarks of post-traumatic stress disorder in combat veterans. My clinical experience with Vietnam combat veterans prompts me to place the berserk state at the heart of their most severe psychological and physiological injuries. Professor Jesse L. Bayak claimed in a 1995 issue of Scientific America that berserker rage could perhaps have been a symptom of Piaget's disease, i.e. uncontrolled skull bone growth that often causes painful pressure in the head. However, there doesn't seem to be any conclusive evidence of this. Other more esoteric theories surround spiritual and or supernatural beliefs. For instance, some scholars have claimed that the Vikings believed in spirit possession and that berserkers were possessed by the animal spirits of wolves, bears, or boars. According to some theorists, berserkers learned to cultivate the ability to allow animal spirits to take over their body during a fight, an example of animal totemism, that also involved drinking the blood of the animal that they wished to be possessed by. Back in 1987, 
Dr. Armando Simon published a paper in the journal Psychological Reports and argued that berserkers, or as he termed it, blind rage syndrome, should be incorporated into the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Dr. Simon characterized the condition as violent, overreaction to physical, verbal, or visual insult, amnesia during the actual period of violence, abnormally great strength, and specifically target-oriented violence. Some case studies are presented and a parallel is made with the Viking berserkers of the Middle Ages. Dr. Simon also claimed that the condition had typically been diagnosed as part of other violent disorders, such as intermittent explosive disorder. However, it looks unlikely that berserkers will be making a separate entry into the DSM anytime soon. A little about the etymology of the the actual word itself, um, which of course also is plagued by controversy. The English word berserk is derived from the Old Norse words berserker, possibly meaning bear shirt, i.e. a wild warrior or champion of the Viking Age. It is proposed by some authors that the northern warrior tradition originated in hunting magic. Three main animal cults appeared, the bear, which is cited most frequently, followed by the wolf, and then the wild boar. I had about six pages of notes breaking down the bear, wolf, and wild boar. I found it interesting, but I don't see mass appeal, so I will leave that research to you if you want to find more information on the subject and if you find this as unshakable as I do. Berserkers appear prominently in a multitude of other sagas and poems, many of which describe berserkers as ravenous men who loot, plunder, and kill indiscriminately. Later, by Christian interpreters, the berserker was viewed as a heathen devil. The earliest surviving reference to the term berserker is in Harold Scully, a skeletic poem. There's some autocorrect going on there with all these Scandinavian names. Anyway, a poem composed by Thorbjorn Horkoli. I'm not even going to try to say that. Um, by some really, really Scandinavian dude in the ninth century in honor of a king. Um, and he was known as a men clad in wolf skins. It's actually Uthenor, which is like incredibly hard to say, but Uthenor means men clad in wolf skins. This translation from the Harald Skalvoli saga describes Harald's berserkers. So here's the poem. I'll ask of the berserkers, you tasters of blood, those intrepid heroes, how they are treated, those who wade out into battle, wolf-skinned they are called, in battle, they bear bloody shields, red with blood are their spears when they come to fight, they form a closed group, the prince in his wisdom puts thrust in such men, trust in such men, that makes more sense than thrust in such men, but not judging. The prince in his wisdom puts trust in such men who hack through enemy shields. The tasters of blood is in this passage are thought to be ravens which feasted on the slain. I'm getting so many visuals of Game of Thrones throughout all of this, but maybe it's just because Game of Thrones is fucking amazing. 
King Harold Fairhair's use of berserkers as shock troops broadened his sphere of influence. Other Scandinavian kings used berserkers as part of their army of herdmen and sometimes ranked them as equivalent to a royal bodyguard. Again, Game of Thrones. I'm thinking of the gold cloaks. It may be that some of those warriors only adopted the organization of rituals of berserk manurbund or used the name as a deterrent or claim of their ferocity. That's some appropriation of some true berserkers, and I am not here for it. Emphasis has been placed on the frenzied nature of the berserkers, hence the modern sense of the word berserk. However, the sources describe several other characteristics that have been ignored or neglected by modern commentators. Sonori's assertion that neither fire nor iron told upon them is reiterated from time to time. The sources frequently state that neither edged weapons nor fire affected the berserks, although they were not immune to clubs or other blunt instruments. For example, a though there's some autocorrect here, I think this is supposed to say a demoniacal frenzy suddenly took him. He furiously bit and devoured the edges of his shield. He kept gulping down fiery coals. He snatched live embers in his mouth and let them pass down into his entrails. He rushed through the perils of crackling fires, and at last, when he had raved through every sort of madness, he turned his sword with raging hand against the hearts of six of his champions. It is doubtful whether this madness came from thirst for battle or natural ferocity. Then, with the remaining band of his champions, he attacked Halfton, who crushed him with a hammer of wondrous size, so that he lost both victory and life, paying the penalty both to Halfton, whom he had challenged, and to the kings whose offspring he had violently ravished. So, I'll spare you the continued examples. The lore involves a ton of spiritual protection and magical thinking shit or chaos magic or whatever the hell you want to call it. This doesn't interest me in the slightest, so I'm cutting the info, but there's a ton to explore there if that's your thing. The rage the berserker experienced was referenced as a berserker gang going berserk. This was a modern observation of the condition as describes. Uh, this fury, which was called Berserker Gang, occurred not only in the heat of battle, but also during laborious work. Men who were thus seized performed things which otherwise seemed impossible for human power. This condition is said to have begun with shivering, chattering of teeth, the chill of the body, and the face swelled and changed color. It was connected with great hot-headedness, which at last gave to a great rage under which they howled as wild animals bit the edges of their shields. I don't know why they keep biting their shields. That seems so strange. Um, anyway, they bit the edges of their shields and cut down everything they met without discriminating between friend or foe. So in those barn situations, you just start killing everybody and then it's just like survivor, last one standing. When the condition ceased, a great dulling of the mind and feebleness followed, which could last for one or several days. When Viking villages went to war in unison, the berserkers often wore special clothing, for instance, furs of a wolf or bear to indicate that this person was a berserker, 
and would be able to tell friend from foe when in rage berserker gang. In this way, other allies would know to keep their distance. I'm just picturing Jon Snow and Ice. Are we going to see the direwolves next year? Anyway, some scholars propose that certain examples of berserker rage have been induced voluntarily by the consumption of drugs such as hallucinogenic mushrooms or massive amounts of alcohol. However, there is much debated um, information thrown into doubt by the discovery of seeds belonging to the plant henbane hycosymus niger in a viking grave i'm sure i botched that no self-consciousness there um in a viking grave there were these seeds that um apparently were unearthed near firecat denmark in 1977 Given that crushing and rubbing henbane petals onto the skin provides a numbing effect along with a mild sensation of flying, this finding has led to the theory that henbane rather than mushrooms or alcohol was used to incite the legendary rage. While such practices would fit in with the ritual usages, other explanations for the berserkers' madness have been put forward, including self-induced hysteria, epilepsy, mental illness, or genetics. Jonathan Shea makes an explicit connection between the berserker rage of soldiers and the hyperarousal of post-traumatic stress disorder. I think I already covered this. If it's about Vietnam, right? Yes, yes, I did. Sorry. Another theorist has suggested that werewolves are the cultural memory of the berserkers. I think collective memories, the mandala effect, tulpas, and cultural memories will be an episode of its own. Okay, so as I always say, like all traditional members of Shamanak, I said it right earlier. God, there's always a word every single episode. Like all traditional members of the Shamanic secret societies, shamanic secret societies, berserkers acquired their power through ritualistic practice. These practices included spending periods of extreme isolation, fasting, exposure to extreme heat and cold, and engaging in group weapon dances prior to battle. In the wilderness, berserkers lived like their totem animal, adopting its mannerisms and habits, sustaining themselves by hunting and raiding settlements. So yeah, they just ran off into the woods and lived like some motherfucking bears and wolves because they were some fucking berserker Vikings. This sounds like some really intense character acting or method acting or whatever it's called or some LARP. Berserkers are historically described as taking part in rituals that before battle would induce a trance-like collective state called Berserker Gang. This theory, which was called Berserker Gang, occurred not only in the heat of battle, but also during laborious work. Men who were thus seized performed things such um, men who were thus seized performed things which otherwise seemed impossible for human power. This condition is said to have begun with shivering, chattering teeth. So basically the same thing that we have heard over and over again. Um, and then they kill everybody. 
So outrageous and unrestrained were their ways that they ravished other men's wives and daughters. They seemed to have outlawed chastity and driven it to the brothel. Nor did they stop at married women, but also debauched the beds of virgins. No man's bridal chamber was safe. Scarily any place in the land was free from any imprints of their lust. Scarcely, I should have said, not scarily, because I don't think that's a word. No man's bridal chamber was safe. Scarcely any place in the land was free from imprints of their lust. So hide your kids, hide your wife, they be raping everybody. Berserker-like activity has been documented in culture and literature outside Scandinavia as far back as the Iliad, in which a combatant is possessed by a god or goddess and assumes superhuman powers. In melee culture, individuals who have shown no sign of violent behavior or anger will acquire a weapon and suddenly launch a frenzied attempt to murder or seriously injure as many bystanders as possible. The incident typically concluding with the individual's death or suicide. This is known as running amok. Irish mythological hero Cuculian, which I believe is Cullen's Hound, exhibited a warrior-like frenzy similar to that of the Viking berserkers. Known as war spasms, the phenomenon is described in Irish epic Tain Bo Culiange thus. The warp spasm overtook him. It seemed each hair was hammered into his head so sharply they shot upright. You would swear a fire speck tipped each hair. He squeezed one eye narrower than the eye of a needle. He opened the other wider than the mouth of a goblet. He bared his jaws to the ear. He peeled back his lips to his eye teeth till his gullet showed. The hero halo rose up from the crown of his head. While in this frenzied state, berserkers lost all human capacity for reason or self-cognizance and were known to scream and howl constantly and rip enemies to shreds with their bare hands. Refusal to treat, retreat from fire and iron is a common theme in berserker mythology. They feared no weapons. Actually, you might even say they were into weapons because they ate them. Berserkers did more than intimidate through their lack of armor and battle dress. They also transformed themselves mentally. Berserkers assumed the mental identity of the predators they sought to emulate. Berserkers were method actors, becoming a wolf or a bear or a boar with the assistance of drugs, drinking, and ritual in which the berserkers partook. Living in the woods, Emulating these animals served as preparation for the transformation, as did entering a frenzied state. So, like, really, really strict method acting? For enough money, do you think Leo would do it? Fun fact. One of the final rituals included drinking the blood of a bear or a wolf or a boar. This is interesting. In the public executions episode, we cover a father gathering blood of a condemned man to heal his child's illness. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. By the 12th century, berserkers in any organized force or military presence had virtually disappeared. And we'll circle back to this, but religion, that's essentially the reason. 
1987, Dr. Armando Simon published a paper in which he argued berserker rage or blind rage syndrome should be included in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. The syndrome is characterized by violent overreaction to physical, verbal, or visual insult, amnesia during the period of violence, abnormally great strength, and target-oriented violence. Dr. Simon presented recent case studies and explained how they paralleled the behavior of berserkers. He also claimed the condition had been diagnosed in conjunction with other violence-related disorders, such as intermittent explosive disorder. This idea doesn't quite explain away everything berserkers did. For instance, going in to build a bl- or going into a blind rage for an entire day after years of trying to become a bear, then rampaging through a village and raping people willy-nilly. Not that they didn't have a mental disorder, but maybe the magic mushrooms and drinking wolf blood helped too? There is a mushroom theory. In 1784, a priest named Odeman started a theory that going berserk was the result of eating fly agric mushrooms, Amanata muscara. I'm going to say mas- mascara because that's what it looks like. The explanation gradually became more popular and remains so today. Based on his pi- hypothesis on reports about Siberian shamans, it is important to note that he had no personal observations of the effects of eating this type of mushroom. White agaric has also, that's the kind of mushroom, has also been suggested to cause of the berserk fury, suggested as a cause of the berserk fury, but considering how poisonous this is, it is quite unthinkable that it would be eaten. Eating agaric mushrooms can lead to depression and can make the user apathetic, in addition to its hallucinogenic effects. Berserkers are certainly never described as apathetic. Poisoning with the fungus being suggested, it contains a compound used to synthesize a hallucinogen. Think of like a LSD, essentially. So these mushrooms are important for berserkers, and they surely would have been mentioned in sagas, but they weren't. So I'm going to go ahead and just debunk the poisonous mushroom theory. I just, I think there are far more likely scenarios. So let's just Occam's razor that shit and say it's probably not the mushrooms. The most probable explanation for going berserk comes from psychiatry. The theory is that the groups of warriors through ritual process carried out before a battle, such as biting the edges of their shields, which is so fucking weird. I just don't get it. Like, you're not a beaver. What are you doing? They went into a self-induced hypnotic trance. In this disassociative state, they lost conscious control of their actions, which are then directed subconsciously. This sounds like getting real wasted. People in this state seem remote, have little awareness of their surroundings, and have reduced awareness of pain and increased muscle strength. I'm saying it's like alcohol plus, what is it, PCP? That's what makes like moms be able to like lift. No. That's just hormones that make moms be able to lift cars off their kids. But I think PCP, like, gives you crazy, like, strong rage, too. I don't know. In this disassociative state, they lost conscious control of their actions, which are then directed subconsciously. People in this state seem remote, have little awareness of their surroundings, and have reduced awareness of pain and increased muscle strength. Critical thinking and normal social inhibitions weaken. 
but the people affected are not unconscious. Yeah. Alcohol. Vodka. The Old Norse social order and religion were able to accommodate this type of behavior, and it is understandable that the phenomenon disappeared after the introduction of Christianity. A Christian society considered such rituals and actions as demonic and thought that they must have resulted from supernatural influences. The last year I saw reports were for 1066, so let's just say a thousand years ago. It's easier. Again, we find religion, Christianity specifically, influencing society and redefining what is and what isn't taboo. I walk away from research with more questions than answers. A few questions I've been pondering as I wash dishes or brush my kids' teeth. Did the berserker predate the Japanese kamikaze pilot? Is going berserk nature or nurture? Could I go berserk? I'm a little afraid to really vet that and answer honestly. Anyway, I also think, what kind of energy, elemental or internal, could cause such extreme behavior while just building a barn? And then I ask myself, why do we make things so complicated? We're animals, literally. We're more evolved and enlightened, well, some of us, but for most of our history, we lived in small groups, a couple hundred at most. We hunted, gathered, raped, pillaged, defended, warred, and survived. The mechanisms for survival still dominate our systems. We're not that evolved yet. So I personally don't think it's inconceivable or even improbable that random unexplained violence occurred and was labeled going berserk. Society labels our need society labels our needs all change us. In 1066, that last report of a Norse berserker was made. Christianity had spread through society, changing the berserker Viking of yore to a taboo worthy of mythic tales. I would love to know your thoughts on the berserker phenomenon. Please find us on Twitter at SMTaboo and please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. I need all 100 of you listeners to leave a five-star review, please. Apparently, it takes a couple hundred reviews before iTunes even starts ranking. Thank you for listening. Just a quick note that I didn't sneak into the episode, um, but I think it is worth mentioning here for those that want to do additional research. Thank you, 40 people that consistently listen. Love you. The Beowulf, werewolf, shapeshifters, wargs, all of those tropes that we see in TV media, they all hail from the mythological Norse Viking berserkers. And I find that really interesting that you can trace all of these things back to a single source. And additionally, we have the um, you know, the element of like the collective memory and the ritualization of celebrating certain things on certain days to keep things in our collective consciousness that would otherwise go away. Like, you know, that Jesus guy, he'd probably be like old news if it wasn't for some books and that day in December that like everybody celebrates and it's a ritual. And there are certainly ritualistic elements of the berserker that have gone out of, I guess, 
favor in the Western world, but we can certainly see how in a slightly more archaic society that this could be accepted and could even be um, applauded in a way. Like I, I can't help but think of football when I'm thinking of these, you know, very like toxic masculine men with these like crazy hormones and this drive for violence. And it's a manner in which they express that, whether it's on a field of war and they're killing people, ripping them limb to limb, or whether it is for millions of dollars, entertainment and the endorphins. But nonetheless, I can't help but kind of draw those parallels. But more than anything, I just wanted this note to include the um, popular culture components that certainly can be traced back to the uh, berserkers. So anyway, thanks again for listening. Thank <laughs> you.